0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, April twentieth, and we're talking small cap tech stocks. I'm your host Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in the studio by Fool.com's Brian Faroldi. Brian, awesome to have you here. Yeah, great to be here in person. Yeah, it's a very different dynamic doing the show with someone in the studio rather than on Skype. Yeah, no doubt, and it's fun to do it with you. I mean, you're you're someone who traditionally covers healthcare for Fool.com. As an investor, you really like the tech space and the software space. though.
1: I do love the software space. I do love the tech space. So even though I do write primarily about healthcare stocks, I do I do uh, own and invest in many tech companies.
0: And I was excited to have you on because so much of uh, so many of our recent episodes for the tech show have been about these mega cap tech stocks. There's been so much news about Facebook. We had this recent Spotify issuance. We haven't really been talking a lot about discovery stocks for investors. We haven't been uncovering a whole lot. and I know that you're someone that looks at you know the sub ten billion dollar market cap space a lot for companies. And so uh, that's where you can find some really big growth opportunities and some companies that maybe people aren't as familiar with. and and so that's gonna be the slant of today's show. We're going to talk about a couple different stocks that you're particularly excited about. before we get over that discussion, though, why don't we talk a little bit about what you look for in a business?
1: Sure. so I, um, primarily like to invest in companies that have, uh, some kind of a moat, obviously. So either they're protected by the network effect or their products, uh, when users use the products, it's, uh, painful for them to stop using them or they have a great brand name. Um, and I'm primarily interested in businesses that are they've already figured something out. They already have a platform in place, and the investment thesis is they just need to keep doing what they're doing. I don't like to invest in anything that requires some Herculean effort or a new product to be introduced, and you're hoping that consumers will love it. I like to go with as close to a sure thing as I can possibly get. Um, so, I'm, when I'm analyzing a business, uh, one of the things that I love to see is lots of uh, recurring revenue. So, the customers that they have buy from them continually, and uh, the platform so that way, as the platform attracts new customers, revenue and profits just continue to tick higher and higher and higher every single quarter. Um, I like uh, a clean balance sheet, so I don't like to see companies with debt. I like to see that the, uh, the business is young, which usually means that the founder, the people that really put their heart and soul into the business, are still running the show in some way. Um, and I like to see companies that have really great reviews from employees, because uh, in, in today's Really competitive talent environment, uh, attracting and retaining uh, key employees is 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 absolutely critical, especially in the small cap tech space.
0: So if they don't have a great culture that uh, that people want to work at, I'm not interested. And so all these businesses that we're going to be talking about today check all these boxes. Uh, why don't we first start talking about this company, HubSpot?
1: Sure. So I got a question for you. So when is the last time? Dylan, that you uh, answered a cold call, opened up uh, a letter in the mail, or watched a TV commercial, and you actually changed your buying behavior?
0: I will tell you that I get a cold call every single day. Uh, You know, you get those phone calls that it's like your area code. And you know, some telemarketer, some automated telemarketer, sending you some garbage automated message. And I've learned to just block every single one of them. Yeah. So, so never to yeah. answer your question.
1: And and, and that's that, that's the world that we're living in today. You know, people have um, for, for decades the traditional way that companies found new businesses would they would advertise with uh, spots on TV and spots on the radio. But consumers really hate to be to be interrupted. So that's why they have uh, that's why they use caller ID to make sure they never pick up a phone call that they don't recognize or they use DVR to skip to skip a TV ads or they they uh, put their phone number on do not call lists so these uh, these realities are just making it harder and harder for companies to kind of shout out their message to uh, to their consumers that they want to reach so uh, in response to that uh, this company called Hubspot basically is taking the, the traditional marketing playbook and and flipping it on its head so they're 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 um, pioneering a strategy that they call Inbound marketing, and the idea idea there is, don't spend all your time, money, and energy shouting at people and interrupting people to get them to to learn about your product. Instead, do what do what um, try and uh, create. Easy to use content like blog posts, like videos, so that when people are searching for a product or service like the one you're offering, that you are easy to find. So the idea is to put out blog posts that are helpful, that people will actually want to read naturally when they're when they have a problem, and to pull essentially
0: get people to um, to come to you when you have uh, when you have a need. So instead of blasting a message, you're kind of creating these organic. Uh, maybe outreach, outreach in quotes here because the people are actually coming to you uh, experiences with potential customers
1: exactly and, and think about your own shopping news when, when you have a problem and you you're interested in, in learning about a new product what's the first thing that you do search it on Google yeah exactly you ty- you type in the problem to Google or maybe you go to YouTube and you look at a, a video for for how to pro- solve it so that's exactly what Hubspot does so they they offer tools that help um, companies to grow their social media presence or to rank highly in uh, search engine search engine optimization and to really put out kind of free, free, free to consume content that uh, builds up their brand and, and helps them b- to build trust with, with with customers, so that when they when they are actually ready to buy, they're already familiar with with the company. And this is like uh, this this is. Proven to be hugely um, impactful for getting new customers to come onto the brand.
0: Well, it sounds like a business that kind of rides the tailwinds of e-commerce and digital marketing very well, too.
1: Absolutely. Now, and HubSpot's kind of uh, target market is they're they're going after businesses that have between ten and kind of two thousand employees. So they're going after kind of the small companies that don't traditionally have the the uh, the huge the huge budgets.
0: Yeah, so so they're kind of a fix for resource poor companies. <laughs> basically, it's it's nice to be a one stop shop, and and that's actually something we're going to see with a lot of these businesses we're going to talk about. Is you have a provider that makes it really simple to do something that you would have kind of an entire department do if you were a larger company.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So HubSpot kind of sells um, using a uh, software as a service or SaaS model. So uh, customers come on and they subscribe, and they can use all kinds of tools to help manage basically that 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 filter process that brings new customers into. The- their business and these guys are just growing like crazy. They they currently have over uh, forty-one thousand customers that. Um that uh, that have signed on to their platform, and uh, the average customer spends over ten thousand dollars per year with HubSpot. So that that translated into about uh, three hundred and seventy-five million dollars in uh, revenue um, last year. So these guys are just growing, growing like crazy, and, and uh, companies everywhere are really signing on to their their platform.
0: And that growth comes at a price. And then, you know, we'll see that with all these companies we talk about. I think they're roughly a four and a half billion dollar company right now. So. You think about that; it's that's about ten times sales, a little bit more than ten times sales. Yes, um, and and that's what you're going to pay for these very scalable businesses that are growing very quickly.
1: Absolutely, and and these guys are growing growing like mad, and they, and they are absolutely in build out mode. So, HubSpot um, only recently became um, profitable and cash flow positive because they were investing everything that they earned back into the business to kind of scale out their platform. But uh, I, I'm personally interested in this business because they are uh, free cash flow positive, so they're no longer consuming cash at the rate that they uh, they once were, um, their co-founders are still highly involved in the business. In fact, they're they're the chief, the CEO and the CEO. Their 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 company culture just gets rave reviews on. Um, Review sites like Glassdoor.com, and uh, while they've already grown like mad, and their stock and investors have already done very well by buying into this company after the IPO, the IPO, um, the company thinks that its total addressable market is about 45 billion dollars annually. So you compare that to the 375 million that they pulled in last year, and the tailwinds that they're riding, and I think this business can grow. Very, very quickly for years to come.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems like there's a pretty good growth runway ahead of it. Uh, why don't we talk about company number two? And this is Appfolio.
1: Sure. This is a this is a really uh, a company that that I really like a lot too. So these guys um, cater to the needs of small and medium sized businesses that are kind of in uh, niche niche markets that you wouldn't uh, normally think of, and and none of these are uh, are consumer facing. Um, so Appfolio uh, was founded, and their initial target market was uh, the property management Business, so you think about companies that own, say, a small apartment complex or, or a multi-family uh, building. So, if, if you were a property manager, you know what, what kind of things are like critical to making your your apartment profitable. Well, you need to attract clients. You need to make sure that they're paying their bills. You need to be able to foster communication between the client and the and the property manager if there's like maintenance things. You need to do help with um, background checks on uh, potential um, potential tenants and screening. So there's a hodgepodge of software that's kind of out there that can kind of help with each of those things. Appfolio basically took all that and put it together on a cloud-based platform. And they sell their, their sell their service to uh, to prop to property managers, um, so they can come onto AppFolio's platform. They they pay a small subscription fee, and they get access to basically all of those services in one easy-to-use cloud-based uh, system that that can be uh, managed through a cell phone or you know on a tablet.
0: And and you talk about this market, and even just hearing you describe it, you know, property managing software. Like, there's a niche there. There's, there's it's a pretty, pretty, niche. pretty clear niche. And um, frankly, it's a space that's probably a little too small for big players. To want to hop in,
1: absolutely, yeah. The, the, there, there can be a, a big advantage to staying a niche. Is that the, the big software boys don't don't really. Uh, it's just not big enough market for them to go after to to really invest the resources to uh, to make a customized solution. But Appfolio is really they're they're not so much a property management company as they are just trying to dominate a few small niches. And by combining them together, they can grow into a uh, kind of a much bigger software platform.
0: Yeah, they're they're getting outside property management, right? They're doing something in kind of the legal space as well.
1: Exactly. A couple years ago, they. Bought a, a company called MyCase, which um, it caters to the needs of legal professionals. So you think about a small law practice. Well, they also need help with uh, billing and um, tracking their their time and, and attendance and uh, marketing themselves. There, there's always back office stuff that these companies need help with. So Appfolio, uh recently entered into into that business too um, through through an acquisition. It's still very small. It's less than 10% of their their revenue. The uh, the property management business is about 90% of their uh, of their uh, the market right now, but. Between these two, they're they're adding customers to both platforms at a double digit rate. And the way that they they make money is they they um, cu- their customers pay a recurring monthly subscription fee just to be on the platform. But they also sell uh, kind of premium, what they call value plus services on top of that. So if you wanted the if you wanted AppFolio's app to facilitate taking money out of the uh, the client's checking account and sending it over to the property manager, like right, so they can so they can pay their their rent, um, AppFolio's uh, platform can do that for them, and they they just take a small they, they charge an extra small fee for that. Or if they wanted to do a detailed background check on a potential whether whether screening for tenants, you can also do that on AppFolio's platform, but they also charge a small. Uh, fee for for those
0: kind of services. And you know, you talk about the stickiness of the platform. I, I think that they have a customer retention rate of like ninety-seven percent or something. It's crazy extremely like that, high. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: that, that's a big reason why I love um, software as a services businesses. Once 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 a customer gets gets into the platform and their entire back office gets set up around using this platform, it becomes extremely painful for them to consider switching providers because everything is is built through this this one platform. So it makes the business very very sticky.
0: Well, and you have employees. That are trained on using that, right? So there, there's the actual friction of, of switching systems and maybe not having the data interplay the way that you would like it to. But there's also the cost of having to retrain employees to use these programs, or you know, to bring in vendors and kind of review these offers from new vendors, um, which is just going to be tough for everyone's time, especially if you're a smaller business.
1: Absolutely, especially since if you're a smaller business, you don't really have time to, to do that kind of stuff. So Folio is growing its uh, its top line extremely quickly. Uh, last uh, last year was year-over-year top-line growth about 144 million dollars in revenue. So again, they're going after niche markets but they're still big enough to, to um, actually become profitable, become pa- cash flow positive their, their balance sheet is, is squeaky clean. Another thing I like about this company in particular is that the, the founders of the business are the chief technology officer and the chief strategy Officer. So they're still very involved, uh, very high inside ownership rates and the, the another this is another company that just gets a rave review from employees about uh, the culture that they have.
0: And this is a business that's around a $2 billion market cap. And so we talk about kind of serving these smaller markets. Um, You don't you don't need to be humongous to make that happen and if you see good growth in those markets you know there's certainly a lot of upside you know it's it's a lot tougher to double as a 10 billion dollar business it's a lot easier to find that that big multiple as you know a two billion dollar company
1: yeah absolutely and, and and management claims this business uh, between their their legal channel and their property management business they think it's about a five billion dollar opportunity so compare that to their 144 million in revenue there's there's still plenty of room for this company to uh, to grow
0: much like HubSpot just scratching the surface of what management sees. You got it. <laughs> um, and another kind of smaller player here uh, is Paylocity. Um, so this is a this company. I think it's about like 1.7 billion dollar market cap business. Uh, what do they do?
1: So Paylocity does um, cloud-based human resources software. So they're kind of, uh, as you I might get from their name, their their kind of bread and butter is is payroll. So they they go after small businesses that have you know a few employees just to get them on a, the, a platform that for doing payroll. But they also offer a um, a number of other services, kind of on top of that. So payroll is kind of how they get their foot in the door, but they also offer things like uh, benefits management. You can do time and attendance on there. You can do um, employee reviews um, and a whole bunch of just like general HR functions on, on their on their platform. Um, as you can imagine, this is a this is a very uh, old business. So when you think about like your ADPs and your paychecks of the world, those guys have existed for years. Uh, what Paylocity does it's a little bit different. Is they were founded on a mobile-first strategy, so their software is 100% based in the cloud, and it's really designed to be used on a phone, uh, a tablet, or, or 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 PC kind of last. So that that's that's how they kind of uh, set, set themselves apart from the the big boys.
0: Yeah, hearing you talk about this company, I'm reminded in a way a little bit of another business that I really like, and that's Square. And you know, you think about how it's mobile first. It seems like it's very oriented towards small shops and and kind of making the getting set up very simple. That's exactly for, right for small business owners. You know, HR stuff. Uh, one, it's it, it's it's a space that you want to have your stuff together. <laughs> you know, you you want to be organized. But uh, it's something that a lot of people don't have training doing. And having organized systems, you know, kind of coming into. This is what this should look like, you know. And, and picking up that template uh, from a business is really helpful. It's also stuff that a lot of people don't really want to do. And so, you know, having uh, having a company that can take care of some of the messier or maybe less less sexy parts of your business um, is always going to be a good opportunity uh, if, if you're if you're looking for places to serve customers. Absolutely.
1: I mean, and the, the you know, payroll is boring, but it's absolutely mission critical, right? I, I don't know about you. I like getting a paycheck every week.
0: Yeah, I like. I like to. <laughs> I, I, I only get paid uh, every two. So you know, uh, every two weeks I look forward to it. Though. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and, and there's just a whole bunch of you know, when 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 you take on an employee, there's some things that they just naturally expect from the business. They expect you to have you know like your four hundred and one k set up. They expect you to have your your payroll act together. They expect to be able to have some kind of system for logging their hours if they're if they're hourly. So what what I like about Paylocity is once they kind of get their teeth into a business, they they can then layer on services on top of that to make to, to bring in more functionality. So these guys recently just acquired. A, a small company that provides uh, flexible spending accounts and health savings accounts. So uh, they're starting to get into the, uh, the health insurance side of it. And with that acquisition, they can then take this this thing that they built and then offer it out to all of their clients to kind of grow their revenue within their client base. Let alone when they take on uh, when they add on new customers. So this is a uh, repeat repeat purchase business. Their their top line is growing very quickly, 25% annually. Uh, 97% of their revenue is recurring. They did about 300 million. In revenue last year, which was high enough to get them to profitability, their cash flow positive, and uh, management sees uh, an opportunity in the U.S. of about $26 billion. Now, these guys are facing much more competition, I would say, than the other two because, again, they're butting heads. They'll eventually butt heads with the likes of ADP and Paychecks, but I think that they have a, a solution that's unique
0: enough that they can still continue to grow quickly. So we've talked about three different businesses here, and the reason we're talking about these companies, you own all these companies. Brian. I own all three of them. Yes. <laughs> um, if you have to pick one, that you're like, this is my highest conviction of the three. Which one is it?
1: Uh Again, I own all three. I plan on holding all of them for the long time, but if I if I had to pick one, I would probably go with HubSpot. I think what they're doing with uh, flipping the marketing script on its head, I think that's a very long-tail opportunity. And, and these guys are absolutely the the leader in this space. They, they're the ones that are pioneering this, much like the way that, um, say, Salesforce.com pioneered the shift to the cloud 15 years ago. These guys are, are pioneering the shift to inbound marketing, and I think that their opportunity is just so massive that uh, that is probably my favorite idea.
0: Yeah, uh, thinking about what all these different businesses do, you know, uh, HubSpot is the one that is almost kind of creating a space. You know, absolutely. Some of the others are kind of creating functionality that that is mirroring what is also out there already, or just kind of making it simpler. It seems like there is a kind of whole new uh, space for these companies to be playing in. And oh, by the way, like we have the institutional knowledge to get you there. Absolutely, you know, when, yeah. When a lot of these companies don't have that.
1: Yeah, and these guys, like I said, they're absolutely the leader. um, So much so that they actually hold an annual They call it the Inbound Marketing Conference, and it's attended by like 20,000 marketers every year, and the attendance keeps going up. They actually also have an uh, inbound certification program, so if you're a company and you're interested in this, you can send your employees to HubSpot to get certified at at, at becoming an inbound expert. So These guys, I think, are the the far and away leader, and uh, I I don't know about you, I don't see it going back to the way advertising used to be, because that just doesn't work anymore.
0: I hope it doesn't, (laughs) because because I hate getting those calls. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for hopping on, Brian. Um, I hope we didn't bore your son Tyler too much while he was hanging out behind the glass with Dan Boyd. He looks like he's got an iPad over there, so <laughs> he's um, happy as can be. Awesome to have it, uh, you at HQ. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com or you can tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you want more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fools family of shows over at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Dan Boyd for subbing in behind the glass today. For Brian Feroldi, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening and Fool on!